previously. Many of you out there are waiting to see if I declare Adam Jensen to be a daddy. I am not the regulatory board of dads, and unfortunately, the decision is out of my hot little hands. Just because a man is tall, strong, has a lush, fantastic beard, does not necessarily mean that he is a dad. We are eagerly watching this decision as it develops, and we will keep you apprised if any dad feelings should occur. Kiddos, welcome to Dad Feelings. It's the podcast where a couple of dads just, uh, you know, shoot the shit out in the garage. We just talk about our feelings and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, dads it's important. don't talk about feelings. No, they, this is a safe space for dads to talk about their feelings, though. You My know, bad. Like, um, And that voice that you're hearing is, um, is uh, Simone de Rochefort, uh, video producer at Polygon, Although only here, only representing herself and not the Polygon Corporation, um, and you know we're just gonna, um, you know we're just we're a couple of dads and we're just gonna have a couple of beers and and talk about you know dad <laughs> shit. Um, we have a, a flight of dads prepared. We've got a flight of dads. Yeah, we so have a there, tasting there, menu there are of dads. There's gonna be a few beers of dads. There's gonna be a few. We're gonna get a few dads deep here tonight um <laughs> this is a, this is a podcast about fictional father figures and uh we are talking about the dads of gaming today mm-hmm. and the i'm many, so excited the many modern dads the of many gaming. modern papas um and i'm looking at a, this beautiful spread um that i've <laughs> i've i've we've, we've put together this um this delicious uh, five course uh, tasting. And there's not really courses. It's fine. This metaphor is falling apart. There's a lot of scruffy beards. There's a lot of weathered faces. A lot of de- uh, furrowed brows. Um, and you know, when we were putting together this list, uh, a few names came up. And uh, the first one was uh, Booker Dewitt, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, from Bioshock Infinite. A little, a little Ken Levine art game. Um, made a little bit of a splash a couple of years ago. Just a little indie indie project. You know, one of these little indie games. My little man named Ken. Yeah, I think he's going to go far. Um, I think he's going to do some neat things. But, uh, what is he up to? I don't know. I've heard he's really easy to get along with, and everyone who works for him is, like, really happy to help him accomplish his vision. Um, but... You know that there's there's a lot of resemblances in these dads I've got here. So there's, I've got and I've got, actually to Ken Levine. If you if you put Ken oh, Levine in our dad lineup, really? I think you would. Oh my God, that's have we fascinating. Cracked it? Maybe we have. What about Todd? What about Todd um, uh, Bethesda? Todd. Todd Bethesda. <laughs> that's that's where they got their name actually. Um, but Todd but, Howard. Todd Howard. Thank you. He actually he also looks like he could of, be a video game dad. He could be video oh game dad, but yeah. Um, oh wow! Oh wow! We've cracked it. They're just putting themselves in games. Um, so <laughs> we have Booker Dewitt. We have James, who is your Liam Neeson voice dad in Fallout Three, uh, uh, by the aforementioned Bethesda. We have Corvo Atano, which sounds like a real name that isn't a D and D character that I would have made up in high school. <laughs> uh, and that is also by Bethesda, I think. Is it? Is, uh, is Dishonored uh, by Bethesda? 
It's published by Bethesda. It's okay. developed by Arcane Studios. Interesting. I just had like a, oh my God, is it? Yes, I know names. I remember things. <laughs> Information. <laughs> yes. So, um, and then uh, moving on to, we have uh, a character from from a, a game called Heavy Rain um, named Ethan. I do not actually know his last Mars. name. Ethan it's another a great Mars. name for yes. a real person. Ethan Mars. Ethan Mars. No relation to Veronica, I think. Or Bruno. I, I, I feel like I have to double check that, even though I was literally just reading up on this today. In the fictional he, world the of Heavy Rain, is Ethan Mars related? Is Veronica Mars real and Ethan Mars is related to him? These are the tough questions we're asking. Ethan Mars, Veronica Mars. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, I'm, we have well, we not cracked it. another conspiracy theory. Okay. Just one a night, I think, is enough okay. for us. Um, and then the last name that we came up with was. Uh, Again, I do not know his last name. I am a professional and I do a lot of research, but some of these things, you know, you just have to, I don't have an army of interns, Simone. I don't I'm have, Googling it. I'm I don't Googling have it. people doing this for me. So I have a picture of a man. You know, he doesn't have a last name. He doesn't have a name because it's, he's the last of us. No one has a last name in, in the grim darkness of the future. There, you only have war. Um, and he is Joel the dad in The Last of Us. and Just Joel. Just Joel. <laughs> Apparently. So I'm on his uh, Wikia page right now. Joel Miller, non-canon. So Joel Ooh. is canon. The Miller is, I guess, now, the fandom name for him. Oh, his birthday <laughs> is two days before mine. Oh. That's nice. That is nice. And, you know, this is sort of, um, I mean, these characters all have a lot of physical similarities, um, mm-hmm. You line them up, put them in a police lineup. Oh, you will not I be able to. I could not tell them out. apart. Um, the only one, <laughs> the only one who isn't white is um, the Fallout Three character. Is uh, they they alter his race depending on what you choose as your race for the player character. Although Whoa. they all just end up looking, just regardless, they just <laughs> all end up looking kind of weird because they just basically take the same face and sort of change the features a little bit, but just like oh. just change the the coloring and the hair a little bit. And they're so all voiced weird. by Liam Neeson. Um, so, so it's just like alternate universe Liam Neesons. Yeah, well, there are an infinite number of universes, as Bioshock mm-hmm. Infinite teaches us, and there are an True. infinite. Uh, there's an infinite number of variations of Liam Neeson as well. Infinite um, number of dads, a comforting thought. They all have a very particular set of skills though. That That's a constant. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so I want to sort of like, as someone who is uh, really tapped into games, and I know that a lot of your content that you produce um, as, uh, as a video producer for Polygon is around dads in gaming and, um, in gaming, well, oh my god, well, I'm talking like a <laughs> journalist who's never played a video game before. Um, no gamers, what do you? Th- what do gamers like? To, um, well, <laughs> well, gee whiz, Mister. Um, but what is your sense of like the role of dadness or of these dads even in in games in the last few years? So it's interesting. I was thinking about this uh, this flight of dads, this tasting set of dads that we have laid out, and I was. I want the the first thing I wanted to do was kind of put them in chronological order and figure out what the heck happened here. 
Um, I have not played Fallout 3, I'll disclose right now, so I'm not exactly sure where James fits into this scenario, but uh, Heavy Rain came out in 2010, Bioshock Infinite was 2013, and The Last of Us was 2014. Um, And those are the three games I think most heavily feature dads um, of the, the set that we have laid out since Corvo... We didn't really know he was a dad until right before uh, when they announced Dishonored 2, actually. So in the first Dishonored game, he's saving Emily, but we don't know that he's actually her father. And then they drop that like during the announcement for Dishonored 2. And it's like it, it was kind of a conspiracy before that. Like, oh, is he? Is he? And then they confirmed it. It's like, oh, I guess we're not going to wait to play the game to find that out. Thanks. Thanks. for. <laughs> <laughs> But that, you know, that comes later. That obviously came out this year. So we go back to these, the the tens, the tens, as it were, the 2010s. And that's a period of AAA games where there was a lot of to do, a lot of discourse about games being used as um, vehicles for emotions and experiences. And obviously games have always been used for that. But there was finally like a lot of high profile in the AAA segment of games rather than just indie and alt games about like, we're going to give you this experience and it's going to make you feel a thing. And what I think happened here, why I think that we have so many high profile dads from this period is because people, it's the family experience. Like we, we all, even if you don't have a family, you have, you bring some kind of emotional context to this idea of stories about family because you either grew up with one and you have a lot of emotions associated with that or you grew up without one and you have a lot of emotions associated with that so it's like this very easy thing to latch on to like i can tell a story about familial relationships and people will be able to relate to it on some level and then because a lot of triple a game designers are men I think that that is where we the, we jump to fathers as like, oh, what's what, what what can we do with this? We're not going to tell a story about a a mom like shooting and killing her way through a city in the sky. We're not going to tell a story about a daughter yet, yet that'll come later in 2016. But we are going to tell a story about a dad. But he's going to be a relatable dad because, or a relatable man because he's got a child somewhere and he's going to save that child in some way. So I, I think that, that that seems to me to be the most logical explanation for why we got all these dads who are like all just trying to help their kids. They're just trying to help their kids. They do what they have to do. <laughs> I mean, it really seems to me to be, it's interesting because it is like this shift in, I think the shift in what uh, AAA designers and, and uh, producers see themselves as doing Um, And there is really this kind of self-consciousness about like, oh, we're not, it's not just an action game. Um, There Mm -hmm. is a compelling narrative or a compelling experience. But it's interesting that having it be, um, having the the player character be a dad um, really slots in very easily to um, a pretty traditional uh, design. Mm -hmm. And I think um, you're, I think absolutely like because um, a lot of designers are men, they like that is a part of it of thinking like oh of course it'll be a dad but then I think the other part is um, it's harder for uh, for designers who are steeped in really traditional ideas of what a game looks like or, or how mm-hmm. a game is played to envision what a game about 
a mother would look like um, unless it were just kind of a skin swap. Right, exactly. Yeah. 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 And so you can slot in. He's going to fight and protect his family. Yeah, you can slot in this narrative about like, well, you're still like a kind of gruff guy, um, but instead of, you know, destroying the covenant or uh, rescuing the princess, you're trying to just, you're just trying to protect your, your daughter in this, in this crazy world. Yeah. It's a weird shortcut for like, there's definitely like a discussion to be had about like how it's treated as heightening a story or giving it this new emotional level because it is quote unquote sexless. Like you're not going after your love interest. This is a this is a real story about it's a real pure emotion. A pure, story. pure, yeah. There's a purity to it, which is kind of subverted in. Uh, I get. We'll talk about that with Bioshock Infinite mm-hmm. a bit. They kind of wanted to have their cake and eat it too. There, I feel. But yeah, there, there's this kind of platonic ideal of of protector dad trying to help, and I I think that that that's kind of um a broad stroke about it because there are. I get complexities to mm-hmm. each of these characters, obviously, but it definitely is a sort of, it, it fits handily, like you said, in the framework of AAA games. And I think it, it just comes out of, I mean, the, the mark, the, there is definitely a sort of, there was a, a tone uh, towards games or, or Oh my God, I can't talk in the mainstream media towards games. There's like a kind of a snide tone, which absolutely certainly warranted at times, especially when it comes to like certain like big name games that are just, you know, whatever kind of, you know, video game, video games. Um, But it it does seem like kind of like, oh, no, no, we can we can be good story to response to that kind of tone. Works. Yeah, yeah, no, the, situating it in that way, I think, is really useful because um, it absolutely is, I think, a part of this broader crisis of legitimacy for games of, like, trying to prove um, that they're cultural objects that are, like, worthy of attention and criticism that aren't mm-hmm. just sort of, like, um, entertainment products, but that are that are aspiring to, like, to hire... Um, a higher cultural status for sure and i think yeah. bioshock infinite is maybe a really good place to start then because that game um more than maybe any others on this list is has gotten so much attention in that regard and was sort of being really explicitly um pushed as this this thing that was going to be so important and um is going to change the way people look at games Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Bioshock Infinite, uh, you start out as Booker DeWitt and you are sent to the city in the sky of Columbia to save a girl and wipe away your shameless or shapeless debt, this guilt that you have in your past. You're going to wipe it all away, start fresh. Uh, you go there and you're rescuing Elizabeth and getting to know her and journeying through the city with her. And I will disclose at this point that this game absolutely 100% worked on me. Um, I I have not replayed it since 2013 when it came out, but I and, and I don't really want to because it's sort of a, a nice platonic ideal on my memory. And it <laughs> definitely very, very... Uh, not a lot of issues it has a lot of issues i i kind it does things with race that are terrible it does a lot of weird things but at the time i really enjoyed it so i'm sure that going back to it now i'd be like ah but one of the things it does as you're going through the beginning is kind of make you really ship booker and elizabeth like 
they have chemistry and there's this scene where like she's injured and you're like helping her lace her corset back up and it's kind of super hot and at that point I was really emotional and I like set down my controller and I cried about it because I was like oh god this is so sad and she's suffering and I just want to help her I just want to take her to Paris and then (laughs) then you find out you're her dad you're that girl's dad um that your that her daughter that your daughter was basically taken from you by alternate universe you and brought to Colombia and raised in Colombia because you're a crappy gambler who just had so many debts so you sold your daughter to your alternate universe self good job you booker um and, and so plot twist she was your daughter the whole time she was super hot um I don't it's it it's a really interesting way of doing that because they do they I feel like they had consciousness of like the things that they were doing that were sort of lazy storytelling like Elizabeth starts off the game in a long skirt and like sort of period appropriate clothes and then at one point her dress gets all bloody and she changes into quote unquote her mother's dress which was the only dress on the airship I guess that she could fit into which is still a long skirt but like the bustier and like the titty corset and it's like I, I see that you came up with an excuse to put a textual excuse to put her in that outfit. But like this is still the character that you are about to position as your daughter in this game. And it's such like an interesting choice that was made there narratively. Why, God, why? Um, but yeah, Booker DeWitt, uh, I love him because he is just so freaking guilty he is such a bad dad not only did he sell his baby daughter uh to pay off his gambling debts but he just like sucks morally when like as he's looking for her you know he's gruff and grim and um a little snarky too i liked him a lot they have a beautiful moment where they sing a song together in a basement and i wept as as i want to do but yeah he's just like shitty dad 101 and it's kind of delightful to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then she kills you. And then she kills you at the end. Your daughter kills you. So that's what you get for being a shitty dad. Don't sell your daughter. That game has interesting religious. Uh, there's an interesting religious sort of element to the plot where the reason that you have an alternate universe self that is a super Christian religious zealot is because you did horrible things at Wounded Knee when you were a Pinkerton and you wanted to be rebaptized and like start a new life and just forget all the crap that you did, um, which I find really interesting. I, I'm not religious myself. I guess I consider myself agnostic, but I always find the themes of like religion and guilt to be a super interesting and be super hot. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. There is nothing remotely erotic about Catholicism or secret rituals or, or complex uh, sadomasochistic, like rich, like practices. It's pictures of St. Sebastian, like naked. It's not horny. It's not horny at all. Yeah. No, it's definitely the least horny thing that I have ever thought of. Um, So, yeah, it has that element to it. Unfortunately, you know, then he gets, like, super old and beardy when he's religious. So that you can't have, like, the hot element there. Um, I mean, you can. You can. I don't want to beard shame Booker DeWitt. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All of these characters have beards except him or his alternate universe self yeah, he does, grows, I guess. He so. has to grow a beard when he becomes – oh, my God. So he starts out – you don't know he's a father and he has no beard. But then the, the Com- Comstock figure who is Booker DeWitt as a father has a beard because dads have beards. It's true. Conspiracy theory number two. We did get a second one. Mm-hmm, Good for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. That that father-daughter relationship, it felt like they wanted to have sexy sidekick and father-daughter relationship. And I will – I definitely, like, did get into the father-daughter relationship. Like, as soon as I found out that she was his daughter, in fact, I stopped shipping it. Not that you can't ship that. I, You know, I'm not going to ship shame, but it's just not for me. Um, and then – the day after I finished that game, I was driving to school probably in my car and a Bruno Mars song about dancing together like came on the radio and I cried because I was so sad about Booker and Elizabeth never getting to go to Paris and like live their lives happily. See, this game like worked witchcraft on me <laughs> because I know like objectively I've read so so much criticism of it and I know like every single little thing it did wrong. But still at the time I'm like, God, what a good, like, father-daughter story. Why can't they just go and be happy together and, like, live out their lives together? Somehow that twist where Elizabeth, like, shows you everything you did wrong and then kills you, like, that really affected me. I don't know why. Go figure. I I should examine that. (laughs) I mean, I think you're allowed to be affected by things, especially when millions of dollars went into hoping that you would be, right? Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. spent a lot of money to make me cry. (laughs) He did. You specifically. Yeah. Which is weird. We all. But. Yeah. I don't know why. What um, I did wrong. (laughs) Well, he's going to show you what you did wrong in an alternate (laughs) universe before he drowns you in a baptism pool. Oh, my God. Is Ken Levine my son? (gasps) That's an interesting. I mean, that's not really the purview of this podcast, unfortunately. But you're right. You're right. No, but actually, I do want to bring that up. I do. I do. I do want to bring up the something because, um, I mean, uh, Fallout 3. So Liam Neeson is your dad. And like many of these Fallout games, um, or like pretty much every Fallout game, I think um, you can choose your gender and uh, you can choose like a lot of things about your character. And so he's sort of regardless, though, he's he's just like your, your dad. Um, he's the first character you interact with. And uh, as like a baby, which is really funny, the tutorial sequence is like, he's like, you're reading a book and he's like reading from the Bible to you in your like, uh, playpen reading from the Bible. eh? Oh, he just reads your, like your mother's favorite Bible verse or something. I forget, but, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's Liam Neeson too, which is important. And, um, then most of the game you're trying to find him. Um, basically I guess for people who aren't familiar with fallout, it's set in like a post-apocalyptic, uh, America and, um, you have survived in uh, this vault or like I think generations of people have been living in this vault or something. And um, and he goes out to, to do some science, important science stuff. And you are basically trying to find him the whole game. Um, and then you do find him. And I think he sacrifices he himself. You? He I think he left because uh, the overseer of the vault was like really terrible and like tyrannical. Um, and he was trying to 
uh, do good science. Let me just check the wiki <laughs> real quick there. Um, I mean, good science is always oh, hard. Oh, because he, because uh, the vault is safe. He just um, needed to, like, uh, go... Like it's it's not great. It's like kind of totalitarian, but it is a, it's safe for his child. He thinks, and he wants to go back to the wasteland to bring mm. clean water to people because he has some kind of like process for for purifying water. So he wants to be free and do good science. Yeah, and, and you as his child are like where there's this hole in my life because my dad used to read me my mom's favorite Bible verse, and now he's gone. Yeah, gotta find him. Pretty much, you gotta find him. And you don't really have, like, I mean, it's a Fallout game. And I feel like because those games are so intent on um, on providing so much player choice, they often aren't able to tell as interesting stories as um, as more linear things, which is kind of unfair. But um, Or the kinds of stories they can tell is, is different is maybe a better way of putting it. But mm-hmm. what I was sort of getting at is um, you can be, like, a son – in that game or daughter, like trying to find your dad. But I feel like there aren't really any, a lot of like father son games or besides maybe Papo Yo. Um, it's, I think a lot of oh, the time yeah. you're a dad and your daughter or a daughter figure is in trouble. Yeah, that's true. We have, we have two son games on our list because heavy rain is a son game. That's true. But it's true that you get later and it's like, well, what what story do we want to tell? I guess dads and daughters. It's it's an interesting recurring thing. It's and it's interesting to me also that um, you're going from Fallout Three in two thousand eight, where you could be a child looking for your father, to these later games where I guess, I guess the the recent Gears of War. So in the the first three Gears of War games, you're um, I believe his name is Marcus. His name is Marcus Phoenix. That's correct. Marcus Phoenix. Thank you. You're Marcus Phoenix. But then in Gears of War 4, you're his son, J.D. Phoenix. And you do, you interact with Marcus, uh, who looks more like a grandpa than a dad. Uh, He's very, like, gray. (laughs) Very gray. And very big. He's very big. Doing some ASMR voice there. I didn't mean to do that. Um, (laughs) An ASMR podcast where I describe video game dads to you in a soft whisper. Um, so I, I guess that that that's kind of turning turning it around, diversifying the the father child relationship balance dynamic in games. But we definitely did see more like dads and daughters for a while there, and I wonder why that is. Is it like? Do you think it's a reaction? I mean, the, and the, this. Ugh, I feel like this is a what I'm about to say is a discredit to like the efforts that developers and designers put into their games. But do you think that it is like a reaction to like wanting to have more female characters in games and like the discourse discourse about that? (laughs) Do you think it's like, well, we need, we want to do better. We should try to put one in, make her the daughter. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that might be part of it. I think, again, I think that it is easier to, slot in a daughter figure as being in distress just because of patriarchy, right? Like I think the games Mm -hmm. where a son figure is like in trouble, it's always like a child or a baby because like in the, in Fallout 4, um, in Fallout 4, you are a parent, like you can either be a a father or a mother and you're trying to recover your child who is 
like a very young boy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like beyond a certain age, it's kind of like, well, why would they need help? Like they're basically a man. Um, oh my God, that's so screwed up. And then also, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not trying to put this, these words in the mouths of any, I think this is more of a general cultural thing that just everyone who's creating art is steeping in. And so it's easy to draw mm-hmm. on these things. Um, but then also there is this weird thing with, um, with Bioshock uh, Infinite. And I think it's not just limited to that game, but where if you have a daughter, you can do the kind of, well, back and forth sort of like, oh, we can have a potential sexual interest and we can sort of toe that line, that really creepy, terrifying Mm. line. Um, (laughs) And that is especially the case if the dad isn't, it's more of a dad figure and not a biological father. Mm. Um, And so that brings us to a game like The Last of Us. Yes. Oh, you're so good at segues. (laughs) So The Last of Us is a game that I will trot out to people who don't play video games when I want them to understand that you can have emotions. And I know you can have emotions from any kind of game. It doesn't matter how it looks. But people who don't play video games don't it's it, they can't experience that just by watching it you right. it, it's such an experiential thing you have to experience it yourself but the last of us looks like a movie and it has this very convenient like 15 minute opening sequence of Joel coming home from a long day at work and his daughter has waited up and she gives him his birthday present and then you play as her for this opening sequence of the game where you realize that the freaking apocalypse is starting and zombies are killing people and your father protects you uh, from a zombie who's breaking into your house and then you drive and then there's a car crash and it switches control over to Joel and you are the father now and you're carrying your daughter who now has a broken leg um, through the wreckage of the town and your uh, brother, I, th- I think he's your brother, yeah, Uncle Tommy. Uncle Tommy is like protecting you from the zombies and you're just protecting your daughter. You're just carrying her out of there. And then it ends with them being stopped by a soldier and fired upon because the soldier is concerned that they are sick, have the zombie virus. Somehow, and this I never quite understood, he fires at them with a machine gun. The daughter gets shot and Joel doesn't or if he does it's like a flesh wound he's not mortally wounded in any kind of way even though he's literally like holding her in his arms and these are bullets from a machine gun it does it's fine it's fine uh and your daughter freaking dies like right there in the opening sequence of the game it is so sad it's so sad and he's like calling her name and holding her hand and crying tears and troy baker's beautiful gruff voice is like full of pain and the facial expressions are wonderfully animated it's so sad um and then he gets a surrogate daughter of course because that's because meaning because stories and meaning um, who is a young girl named Ellie about his daughter's age. So he he's still super sad, obviously, because he was a single dad who really loved his daughter and she died in his arms not so long ago. Um, he's like, blah, 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 blah. and he needs to escort Ellie to some nebulous sort of end goal there. And things happen, of course. So it it starts you off with like having a daughter and losing a daughter to set up this... Um, this pseudo father daughter relationship between Joel and Ellie. Um, 
which is definitely like there are a lot of emotions. It does the emotional thing, I think, despite the fact that it literally starts with a child dying on screen. I'm about to say that it does emotions more subtle than Five Shots Infinite, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm questioning now that it's come out of my mouth. But it just it feels very poignant in a way that doesn't like bring philosophy into it or anything like Bioshock Infinite does. It's just like you're this normal guy in Texas. And this shitty, shitty thing happens to you and your life is you're you're you become a sour, grim person because of it. And it's really understandable because that scene is so sad. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, the game ends with kind of a very uh, intense moment as well, right? Yes. Yes, it does. So Ellie, she can't be, um, she can't get the zombie disease, basically. The, uh, God, whatever the mushroom, what, what are the names of the mushrooms? It doesn't matter. They're they're creepy fungal zombies. She can't get that disease. And they, the survivors want to use her to create, to like research and create, um, a cure basically for humanity, which would mean that she would die. So you can either let that happen, which Ellie is totally fine with, or you can be like, nope, and take her away and make her your daughter forever. But she's like, this is great. Cause it's not great. It's not okay with her. She, she was ready to like sacrifice herself for humanity. And so it's a real, a super grim ending either way. Cause your daughter is either going to die. Once again, your pseudo daughter is going to die now, or you have created this, you know, sort of resentful creature who is on the verge of like, she's a, what is she? 12 or 13. She's on the verge of, you know, becoming a surly teenager and then probably a surly adult as well. Um, and that relationship is never going to be the same. Like you've damaged it either way. So it is very much like a, a Shakespearean tragedy in that way, because there's no, nothing good can come of that. It's just one man's unlucky experiences with young girls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, I love that the Ellie and Sarah, yeah, her name is Sarah. They're both pretty young. Um, so obviously, you know, they don't have that kind of, there, there's not that weird, like sexy moment that Elizabeth has. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it is still, you know, like the, the long escort mission of the of the daughters with both of those games. Although I don't think either of them can be can, actually can. Do you know if Ellie can get injured? My I my experience with uh, the Last of Us is that the NPCs can do whatever the frick, and they'll never trigger zombies to attack you. <laughs> um, and Elizabeth is the same way. She can't get hurt. She just throws bullets at you. <laughs> but like they both have tragic ish endings although i guess elizabeth is probably like some kind of god in her world now <laughs> that's cool yeah that's something <laughs> that's something um yeah so i mean where do you where do you see dads going in games like look into your crystal bowling ball or crystal what's another dad ball some kind of crystal football mm-hmm. crystal football my my crystal football trophy i i guess I mean, we have a new slate-ish of dads lined up. I, I did 
a review of this after E3 this year. We've had two of those dads already. We've had Corvo and uh, Marcus. Uh, their games came out. But uh, we've got a new... Here we go. Here's the sons. So the new God of War game has you as Kratos with a son. So I guess my prediction for that would be, I think, based on what we've talked about, I feel like that game might explore more of the like tension between the father son tension of like you are growing up into a man uh so you have to learn like to protect yourself and protect your family and fend for yourself we saw a bit of that in the trailer the gameplay uh footage that they released at e3 you have kratos like trying to fight this big ass troll and his son just screws it all up for him because he couldn't I don't. He was like supposed to stab it or something, and he couldn't. And uh, I have a feeling that that game him. is more, uh, you know, developers maybe more projecting onto the son than the the dad figure, <laughs> which is something that I'm really interested in seeing in games yes. of just like relating of of children relating to parents and like disappointing them or like having that tension and that is i hope something that will come out of that although i'm not you know hopeful that god of war is going to be the site of of a lot of uh (laughs) revelations about familial relationships but you never know it could be it could know that that is such an interesting thing to think about because, I mean, what we've seen of these dad games so far is a lot about, like, it is still about, like, trying not to disappoint and trying not to fail, but also so much about protecting. And the idea of, like, trying to live up to this figure and not being good enough is so fraught with tension. And I guess it... it it means that you still have so much growing to do. Not that dads don't have growing to do, but like you have to have come to a certain place in your life to have become a dad. And most of these dads, like they're, they're pretty established or at least they were established uh, before everything went wrong. Whereas if you're a child who is like coming up and trying to be an adult alongside your father, who you may or may not have a great relationship with, like there's so much, juicy tension there don't disappoint daddy look for my game coming out 2017 (laughs) (laughs) well i'm eagerly awaiting that um what did what what was that i whispered juicy tension in my (laughs) (laughs) god well um before anyone else says juicy tension maybe we should Juicy tension. Oh, no. Double juicy tension. <sighs> That's my favorite um, Tony Hawk trick, what actually. The oh, double nice. juicy tension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, a sick, sick uh, I like to do like a, a 180 cumberbatch into a double juicy tension. Oh, God, um, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe, maybe we wrap there. Does it like now that we've. You know, we've seen the past, the present, and future of of dadness uh, in games. And uh, yeah. is there anything, anything else you want to mention, or any other dads you want to shout out to in in video game land? Double checking my my list of dads. Um, the other one that I mentioned in the E three video was Norman Reedus in a. <laughs> 
Death Stranding, but I don't we know would need like what an entire say. episode to talk about Death Stranding <laughs> and we the the Hideo Kojima art game Norman Reedus Mpreg game that is Death Stranding. Um that is going to blow open the world of dads. Like we have it has quite literally is going to blow dads open from <laughs> from giving birth to babies. Um from from being pregnant. <laughs> Life is hard as a dad. Yeah, it's not easy. What you gonna do? Yeah, that's that's pretty. Those are my my thoughts. Awesome. Dads, I'm excited to see like in what ways it will develop in the yeah, future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, where can people find your work online? We mentioned that you're a video producer for Polygon and you do a really incredible series called SEO Play, where you look at the Google results for a uh, upcoming or recently released uh, hot video game. I just saw the one only for... Only the hottest. Only yeah. the hottest games uh, on this this YouTube series. And I just saw the <laughs> one for Watch Dogs 2. And it's extremely good. So everyone should go watch that and all of the rest of the series. Um, and where else can people find you online? So the series is at youtube.com slash polygon. And yes. you can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar. That's Doom as in the end of the world. And Quasar is in also the end of a star. Um, and those are those are the places where, where I live. Great. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for coming day. on. Thank this is so we've we've all learned so much, and um, maybe we'll do a volume two at some point in a, in yes. a little while. Great, another slight. Yeah, well, great. Um, yeah, thank you again so much, and have a good night. And I, I always like to close the show with you know the uh, the dad feeling salute, which is um a thing that I just made up and don't have a follow through for. So <laughs> I just say, um, I just usually say bye kiddos. So I'm going to do that now. Uh, the thing that I just said that I would do is happening now. Um, juicy tension. Juicy tension. It is all about that double juicy tension. Yep. Bye kiddos. Bye kiddos. <laughs> <laughs> Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by Nick Bravo for Stay Mean. Stay Mean is listener-supported. If you appreciate the shows we make and want access to bonus episodes and other perks, support us at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album, Foil Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy. Thanks for listening. Be good, kiddos.